What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Keeping Carlson and hosted by two guys who, unlike John Tortorella, knew before today that Tony D'Angelo was not good at defense. Uh, <laughs> if you're not, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out what Charlie O'Connor had to say on Twitter, and then the entire analytics community had kind of a collective head explosion. Um, basically saying, you know, uh, we, you know, I, I guess his, uh, his defense propped, you know, uh, his defensive partners propped him up in Carolina, made him look better than he was, but like, come on, man, give me a break. Uh, anyway, uh, we are your twice weekly check-in, uh, between the ginormous Sunday evening episodes of Keeping Carlson designed to keep you up to date with fantasy news, takes and analysis all through the fantasy season. Uh, we are coming live to you on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Keeping Carlson. Uh, and I'm your host, Louis Ezekiel, and we are joined by the Gretzky of Goalie Starts, the Hercules of Healthy Scratches, Shams Benamore. Shams, how are you doing on this fine, fine Thursday evening? If you uh, ignore my uh, couple points right now, I'm doing uh, pretty well. So, uh, and the funny thing, just to add on that wonderful Tony D'Angelo stat, um, I'm not sure where it came from, but... Uh, Someone made sure to tweet out that Tortorella said he wasn't disappointed. He was just oh, surprised at how bad his uh, <laughs> defensive capability is. So I'm not sure what to take from that, but you know. he's not disappointed. It's Tortorella, <laughs> right? So he's not disappointed. He's just mad. It's like the reverse dad uh, influence here. Yeah, gotta find um, the silver yeah, line I, in there. <laughs> I thought. I thought Jay Fresh. I thought. Uh, the twins from Evolving Hockey, you know, I, I just thought we were going to, Michael Blake McCurdy, like, we're going to see meltdowns from across the uh, the analytics community. We're like, come on, we just, we, we never stop talking about it, right? He's a lightning rod player. He's a person we've talked about a ton who's been on a bunch of different teams. Like, everybody knows, everybody knows that Tony D'Angelo doesn't play defense. It's just a thing, right? Ugh. Anyway, uh, we have lots of big news here to cover. Uh, our top headlines are, are pretty top heavy here. So let's get right into them. And there's no denying the biggest story, uh, in the hockey world, uh, since we last came at you, uh, is Vladimir Tarasenko traded to the New York Rangers. Uh, really the, the only fantasy relevant piece that is on the move. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us some of the details and what are your early impressions of what this move means, uh, both for Tarasenko's fantasy value and for the Rangers generally. Well, one thing that's, uh, going to be interesting to see is how the lines actually come out because there were some questions asked in during the press conference and nothing was really said. I think it was a wait and see. So right now on the Rangers side, we don't really have much to go off of. So the big question is going to be is, Who's going to be the one to fall off from the power play unit? Unless for some reason, and could be a surprise on its own, but still in the cards, is that Tarasenko could be in the second power play unit, but most likely he's kicking someone off to be traded for. So the two guesses people are having now is either uh, would be Kreider and then have uh, Trocek move into the um, front net role or have Trocek, which would be the least offensively apt player out of the group there to be moving to the second power play. So from that standpoint, that's something to watch from. And then in the end, it's you're going to have a stacked top six where you're going to have, uh, there's some guesses out there that say it'd be like Panarin and Tarasenko together with say Sabinajad. And then you have Trocek with Kreider uh, and then maybe a Goudreau or VC, But 
really in the end, it's going to be a stack top six and then roll the dice with uh, who gets the short end of the stick for power play one. Yeah, I, 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 my hunch, I think, is that maybe we see Trocek move down just because I think Kreider, what Kreider does is, is harder to replicate uh, for Tarasenko. And I think, uh, you know, Tarasenko gives you more of a, a trigger man uh, than Trocek is going to give you. Um, so that, that, that's my guess, but you know, I, I'm not the coach. I don't know exactly how it's all going to play out. Uh, I also kind of like VC to hold on and keep that second line spot. So I think if he is someone that you picked up because you enjoyed the, some of the deployment he was getting, he might be a guy to kind of hold on to. Definitely the kid line sticking together. Um, you know, just, just my initial impressions for how I think things might shake out. Uh, overall, I think it is a bonus. You know, that power play, I think gets another, uh, option that you have to be worried about. Um, you know, it's another guy ripping shots that Kreider can clean up from, you know, six inches away, which is how he likes to do things. So, uh, overall, I think a, a nice move for the Rangers, especially given the price, you know, the price doesn't matter too much for us from, from fantasy side of things. But, uh, from what I've seen from Rangers fans, they seem very happy to see Sammy Blaze hit the, hit the trail. Uh, and they think, um, Nika Mikola, who they picked up, uh, on defense might be an upgrade over Ben Harper. Uh, you know, and the pick is they've got two first round picks and uh, in the end, uh, the Blues are going to get whichever is lower. So uh, all in all, especially with the um, uh, uh, contract retention, I think this is a very nice move for the Rangers that's going to help them uh, be even more frightening uh, come playoff time. Uh, Tarasenko especially has been a great playoffs scorer. So I imagine that is something that they are going to keep their eyes on. Uh, and of course, another sub part of this story is the uh, bond between Panarin and Tarasenko, uh, who have played together before. Uh, and in fact, I believe Tarasenko tried to get uh, Panarin to sign potentially in uh, St. Louis when he came over and initially signed with Chicago. So lots of interesting storylines here. Looking over at the blue side of things, we did get to see some lines from Luke Korak. He said Saad, O'Reilly, and Bushnevich on the top line, Shen, Thomas, and Kairou as that second line. Um, Ryan O'Reilly, a guy that a lot of people have talked about as another one who potentially might be on the move. Uh, so that would be something to keep an eye on. Uh, definitely damaging for uh, any Blues players you have, but maybe this means we get to see Thomas and Kairou kind of uh, really ascend to true number one um, you know, position in a way that they sort of haven't been able to this season where we've seen things spread around a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to be something to see and something to keep in mind, too, is when we see these lines, um, the coach didn't 100% commit that both O'Reilly and um, Shnevich is going to be ready to play on Saturday. So things might be in flux, but in the end, there's even news about O'Reilly potentially being traded and like this might be just a side of things to come. So just got to cross the fingers that... Uh, Thomas and Kyrou can keep something together. And then there was, if I remember correctly, times that even Bishnevich was with them too. So possibly that we can get a three line from there and then maybe make a shutdown line and just hope the other ones hold. But hopefully coach will realize now that you don't have enough people to roll multiple lines and then just start giving your offensive players the chance to do something because uh, Bennington's not going to keep them out of the net. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's head on to another big story from the day, and that is uh, it was announced that Jack Hughes is going to be week-to-week with an upper body injury. Obviously not great for Hughes owners, but uh, Amanda Stein reporting on Twitter, uh, the coach said, uh, Jack is going to be week-to-week with a UBI. He's a young guy that'll help him. I think it's going to be on the shorter end of it. 
Um, you were telling me uh, before we started the show, your feeling was like maybe a, a two to three week kind of deal. Um, you know, uh, so not too bad. But if you are a Hughes owner and you're fighting for a playoff spot, uh, Jeremy was was saying, you know, maybe this is a nice opportunity um, to maybe be go out and offer that manager uh, another player and was kind of trying to think about who he might be able to go. Uh, I thought Kuznetsov was too low of an offer. Um, but sort, you know, I went and sorted through, um, the centers, the top centers in, uh, average fantasy points per game over the last month. Hughes is actually number two behind Connor McDavid. Pretty darn good. Um, so I think you're going to have to offer a guy like, uh, you know, if I were the Hughes owner and I was desperately trying to get into the playoffs, I, I might seriously consider an offer of like, uh, Patterson or maybe Point. Um, some of the other guys in that same realm, Hints, PLD, Hurdle. I don't think, I don't think that would do it for me. It's too, it's too, you know, I think you maybe just try to fill from, um, fill from free agency and see what you can do. But I did think that was a really interesting question that, you know, if you are in that situation where the Hughes owner is right on the bubble, uh, they might be ripe for you to, uh, be able to pluck a star player from them, uh, for lower than you would have to pay normally. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. It's totally if I'm in a very tight situation and then probably it would be Pedersen or Point. I'm out of those two. Those are at least close enough to me that I would be able to live with it. And then you never know. You could always throw in like someone on a hot streak or something to do a two for one and then ask for their worst player to make it look a little bit better. But I feel like you're going to have to put in. Yeah, you're going to have to put in a. A really good player. You're not going to just be fishing for something low and then open that person clicks the panic button. Yeah. And of course, everybody always overvalues the player they already have versus the player that they might get. Uh, so, you know, that you may be tough in, but I thought that was an interesting point brought up by Jeremy and I wanted to make sure that we addressed it. Uh, some other quick injury and outtree news. Uh, Kale McCarr, we actually talked about mid show last time, uh, getting hit in the head. Uh, and taking some time out, but he came back to the game. While it turns out he is going to miss uh, Thursday night and Saturday at a minimum, uh, this put Taves, uh, Devon Taves, as the top power play guy, and Gerard and Byram both playing on the second unit. Uh, so three guys that we talked about last show all seeing that increased opportunity with uh, Taves getting the best of it. Um, another kind of uh, defenseman injury, and this one was uh, kind of a surprise here, was that Rasmus Anderson was riding his scooter when he was struck by a car in Detroit. Um, really unfortunate situation, obviously. Make sure you're being careful out there. Always wear your helmet, folks. Uh, luckily, uh, the injuries were pretty minor, and he's considered day-to-day. He was in the hospital pretty late last night, and I imagine that threw off his routine. Uh, so no surprise to see him miss uh, the game in Detroit here today. Uh, my guess would be we'll see him back pretty soon. Uh, but in the meantime, Mackenzie Weger uh, got onto the first power play. I did see something that he was hurt and uh, headed to the bench, um, but I don't know any details about that. So that may be something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, it, it's possible that we could see Saturday that a third string uh, power play one guy is going to be in there. So just something to to keep your eye on. Uh, one last little bit of news. Uh, we did see Austin Matthews uh, skating uh, today. He's about two weeks into his th- approximately three-week timeline. Uh, so another guy who may be making a return before too long, but, um, you know, uh, keeping an eye on that, obviously good to see him skating. If it wasn't someone quite so important, we probably wouldn't bring up just the skating, but, you know, he's a 
was going as a top three, top four pick uh, in almost every league. So worth bringing up there. Uh, how about we we talked about this a little bit on the last show too? Uh, what's going on in the top line in Florida, Shams? So it turns out that uh, Barkov is missing his bobblehead night tonight and is going to be missing the game. So from what I've been hearing is that it's nothing serious, but I think what it is is kind of an odd situation with how far um, the Panthers are in the power play situation, or sorry, into the uh, playoffs right now, is that basically what they're saying is that they just want to give them a day or two off and make this a short-term thing instead of a multi-week thing, which is surprising when you see how many people are playing with injuries nowadays. So I feel like it's going to just have to lick your wounds and have them out for this game today. But honestly, I feel like it's one of those things to just watch the morning skate of each day and see if he's going to be back. So right now, without him, it's Lusterinen taking that spot. And I believe, I know that he got a point, but I'm not sure if it was actually them together or if it was in another situation. And He's had some uh, point streaks in the past, so not sure if I'd be rushing to get him, but I wouldn't call it such a large decline in like uh, value for, say, uh, Reinhardt and the, uh, the rest of the line. We're just going to have to wait and see, and hopefully Barkov comes back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think I, I imagine we'll see Barkov back uh, before we see Matthews or Hughes, as long as we're talking about these kind of high impact players. Um, I did. I realized I went through this a little fast. I did want to say with Hughes, I do think, you know, that's the kind of injury that that uh, reduces the effectiveness of the whole line, uh, the whole line and the power play unit. So, uh, you know, similar to Barkov, similar to Matthews, um, you know, just kind of a letdown generally. Uh, it does. Th- probably mean that the Devils are going to lean a little harder on that Hishier brat line. Uh, so that could be good for them in the short term, but I think it does hurt them a bit on the power play uh, to lack that guy. And then the third uh, guy on that line is Andre Palat. Uh, he's a guy we're going to talk about uh, in a little more detail towards the end of the episode. Uh, Elon wanted to talk about him specifically, no doubt because he picked him up in uh, the Keeper League that we are all in together. Uh, so that'll be one to discuss. Uh, one more before we head into a short break here. Uh, an update from Seattle. So, Jeremy, uh, this one's for you. Uh, Burakovsky moved to injured reserve, uh, reportedly is week to week. So we got a little bit more clarity on his injury situation. Uh, and then Justin Schultz came off IR. An interesting one, I think, for, um, you know, I picked him up just because he was a guy that I knew I could get three games from in the last four days of the week. Uh, hasn't done a whole awful lot, at least last I saw. Um, but, you know, uh, I think give him a game to warm up here and then he'll have the Friday and Sunday games uh, after you've heard the show and maybe he'll be worth uh, a grab for you if you can fit a defenseman into your lineup on those days. Uh, you know, a guy who's done a little bit of scoring, he's had some multi-point outbursts, so not getting a ton of minutes, um, but, you know, someone who I think is kind of interesting, uh, just because, you know, we've seen the, 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 the whole depth chart of the, uh, Kraken seems to be on people's rosters right now, uh, because of their enviable schedule. I imagine a lot of those, uh, crack, those baby Kraken will be thrown back. You know, you can't take them, uh, especially during spawning season. So, uh, the little ones will end up back in the, uh, back in the water. But uh, the ones who maybe put on a bit of a show here uh, in these last few games might be might be worth holding on to for a little longer. All right, Shams, we are going to head into a quick break here to hear from some sponsors. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. 
Shams, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the crease uh, for the Maple Leafs. This one hurts because uh, I was waiting for this inevitability and I got impatient just before it ended up happening. Uh, I'll explain more once you say a little bit on this on this piece. Uh, sadly, Murray is back to being Murray again. Um, he's was put on IR, or at least he was declared injured right about before the um, All-Star break. And there wasn't really much said. Basically, it was something with all our body. And then people that were holding on to him were probably hoping, hey, maybe there's going to be good news or got the week break to take care of. But just got today announced that he's being put on IR with an ankle injury. And the coach said a couple of weeks that he'll be out. So... Just going to be another one of those Murray situations and Samsonov is going to be owning the net. Um, there is a back-to-back, I believe, this week. So I believe uh, we're going to sit first day, but Wall is probably going to get a start. But either way, it's going to be Samsonov for every non-back-to-back start. Yeah, I held Samsonov for a while. And every time it came time to you know potentially cut him, I was thinking, all right, do I do I really do it? Like. Murray could go down at any moment, right? So he was always tough to drop just because he has the potential at any moment to become a full-time starter. Uh, and about, a, I don't know, maybe a week before it happened, I, I, I had dropped him. So disappointed in myself for not having a little more patience. But I think uh, looking at my roster, I think probably it was the right guy to do. But uh, yeah, that's always something, you know, whoever is splitting the net with Murray, you know, you pick him up for a stream. That's a guy you think about holding on to maybe a little longer than the others, just because the opportunity is always there. Unfortunately, uh, I know at the start of the season, my wish was for Matt Murray to have a great season uh, and avoid some of these injuries. Just hasn't happened. Uh, and, and I should have known better. But, you know, that's why it was a wish. Uh, let's move on to Detroit. Uh, this was an interesting one. They got uh, Zadina into the game, uh, and Kubalik was the healthy scratch. Uh, Kubalik has spent, you know, several weeks now uh, in the bottom six. Uh, just a, a what a fall from grace. Uh, from in October and November, in twenty-two games, he got twenty-two points, nine goals, thirteen assists. He took sixty-six shots, ten points on the power play. Was getting about sixteen and a half minutes. Uh, in De- ever since December, January, February, in 27 games, he has 12 points, 49 shots, uh, five power play points, and is getting about 13 minutes. Um, so, you know, just went from being one of the hottest commodities at the start of the season to being a real drag on your roster. Uh, you know, he is still way too highly owned uh, in Yahoo, in my opinion, I feel like. Uh, maybe some of those are dead leagues, but people need to, to move on from him. Um, you know, uh Jeremy was saying, you know, uh, potentially is this like an effort or attitude issue? Like, why can't this guy stick when he, you know, he's had a 30 goal season? You know, he bounces around on these one to two year contracts, kind of like an Alex Galchenyuk, uh, starts in the top six, falls down to the fourth line. Uh, it's been interesting. The Red Wings have taken some chances on guys who follow this pattern. Uh, Jacob, Jakob Verana, uh, jumps to mind in the same situation. Uh, where, you know, they've, they've taken on some interesting risks, but it just hasn't quite worked out for them, unfortunately. Uh, Zadina did score, uh, I believe on a two on one against the Flames. So good on him to score in his game back. Uh, it sounds like, uh, Calgary's goalie did not have much of a shot. Calgary's goalie, Dan Vladar today, by the way. Uh, two interesting things about that. One is that he stole another start from Markstrom. Although, again, whenever you're thinking about Markstrom, and I got this question on Twitter today, you know, you got to keep in mind, he's signed through 2026. He's not going anywhere. He's going to get tons of opportunities. They want, they need him to be that starting goalie. Uh, so you're looking at like 50%, I would guess, at best. 
Um, also, Vladar starting uh, for Star Wars Night. And of course, uh, you know, name very close to Vader. People love to make that comparison. So that's what we got there. Uh, man, we still have some more out trees to talk about. Uh, run us through some of these other extra kind of uh, quick out tree notes that we collected here. So mentioned this earlier when talking about the trades, but it looks like uh, Butch and Ryan O'Reilly are close to coming back. Good chance they'll be back on Saturday, and if not, it would be very soon. We got uh, news that uh, Tage Thompson is probably in a good position, same boat as them. If uh, if he doesn't make it for the Saturday start, it'll be very soon. And then, oddly enough, it's a weird mix of, not sure if it was injury or airplane or both, but <laughs> Jake DeBrusque, it was scheduled to be practicing today, but somehow had a... Uh, airplane scheduling issue with a canceled flight and was unable to make it. And now they're talking about him possibly not making it to either the game, which is on Saturday. So I have a feeling that maybe they're just using it as an excuse to give him another day, but either way, coming back soon. And then lastly, we got uh, Duclair, who's in a no-contact jersey, but still nice to see him at least practicing out there. And then I think there's discussion at least it was uh on the tuesday show or earlier on uh, the sunday's show that they still have to do some cap dance so we'll have to see what happens but uh he seems to be at least uh getting close to getting onto the ice yeah i think that'll be exciting and I'm definitely interested to see if he makes it onto the top line or if they figure out some other way to get him into the lineup or move him along um all right. Uh, oh, and one thing I wanted to add about the DeBrus thing, honestly, like it's disappointing. I think DeBrus owners would love to be able to get him in, but not the worst day, obviously, to miss. Um, you know, Saturday's a pretty packed schedule. So in all likelihood, you've got someone else you can drop into that slot. And then maybe while he stays on IR, you might be able to maneuver someone in for a Friday, Sunday. So, you know, not, uh, not the end of the world there, I think. Um, we got a nice take on Twitter from Paul Kent, who is a great follower and who, uh, oftentimes uh, has some really interesting insights for us. Um, he said he didn't love the Calgary New York Rangers, uh, third line showdown that Jeremy and I talked about. And, and we both sort of felt like the, um, we both sort of felt like we preferred the Calgary side of things, but he did say, uh, Lafreniere, Heedle both have more upside than anyone on Calgary's third line. Uh, and we're sort of waiting for Calgary to kind of be good, but it doesn't seem to be happening. Obviously, Huberto's been kind of a bust there. Uh, so he said, I have more confidence rest of season for players in Gallant's system rather than Sutter's. Uh, so, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things go moving forward. I'm definitely kind of uh, now have them as kind of uh, uh, in a battle <laughs> uh, in my mind. I'll be watching those points. Uh, all three of the kids' line uh, players got a point during yesterday's game for the Rangers. That would be Wednesday's game. Uh, and two of the three, Coleman and Backlund, have points uh, for Calgary, even though they just have the one goal, at least last I checked. Uh, so I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, Jeremy suggests that Brian and Elon uh, talk about it in some more depth on the mega show as we uh, have the battle of the hot third line. So I'd be interested to hear uh, what the boys have to say on the big show as well. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things turn out. So one thing that will be interesting to see is that uh, both that we're going to see Tarasenko tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see how the lines get played out if they start having, you know, a really stacked top two lines, if that ends up playing potentially and lowering the kids' lines minutes into different situations. So 
that's going to be something we'll have to keep an eye on. I don't think they'll like totally tank in ice time, but they might not be getting as favorable situations if we're going to have such great two wides to be uh, taking all the offensive snaps. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't sort of considered that. I'm still, I'm still adjusting to tank in New York talk. So yeah, that does make a, that does make a considerable difference. Uh, we'll have to see how that the ice time plays out. Absolutely. Um, one last player that we wanted to bring up, Elon, uh, I mentioned this before, wanted us to talk about Andre Palat. Uh, he's on line one. He's getting power play one time. Is it time to jump on this guy? You know, uh, he's got the nice deployment. He's been scoring from that spot. Uh, he's up to six points in five games with two assists uh, here in uh, a game that just went final, three to one in favor of New Jersey. You know, again, like we said, it hurts to lose Hughes, but there is talent to play with for sure. Uh, I definitely like Palat. I would definitely uh, grab him if he were available, obviously, with the Sharks that we're playing with right now. Uh, not too widely available uh, in Cupful, but uh, a player that I would definitely be interested in if uh, you've got him available. All right, folks. Well, thanks so much for listening here tonight. Uh, please be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK. You can find Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. I definitely recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, at Game Day News, NHL, all organized nicely at GameDayTweets.com. Uh, visit that site and the other great sites we use to research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. John Reed is our digital media producer. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.